ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real Estate with your hosts, Colin Schwartz and Chris Palmer. Though. Chris, how you doing today, buddy? I'm super stoked for this one. Uh, we had to actually just like, five times try to stop ourselves from talking for the last 10 minutes before we got started and we said, hey, this is good content. This is good stuff for people to hear. So I'm ready to dive in. All right. Today's guest is Alex Harrington, serial entrepreneur from Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome, Alex. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, well, let's just get, let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your background and why we're sitting here together. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, grew up in a Midwestern town in Illinois, um, went to Iowa, and I figured out there where I was going to, um, you know, how my career path was going to go. Um had actually an amazing experience with the entrepreneurship program there and uh, uh, decided from that point on I had to be my own boss, be a business owner. I did not know what type of company at that point. Um, you know, I just needed, I knew I needed to, you know, be at the helm of my own company, right? So um, got a job after college working for my older brother, who's the founder of Pickleman's. Worked for one year under him. And I decided to buy my own franchise in Lincoln, Nebraska. And that's kind of how I jumped off the beginning of my, uh, you know, business ownership, entrepreneurship career. Why Lincoln? Uh, great question. I trained the franchisees down there uh, out of St. Louis, actually. They're from St. Louis. And uh, it's a great market for restaurants and business in general, especially being close to the Nebraska campus, right? So uh, for the for the record, Pickleman's is a sandwich shop brand. Um, you know, so delicious sandwiches, by the way. Very good. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I opened that a few months in. I decided, you know, I was 23 years old. I decided I would just offer them money to buy it from them. You know, the enthusiasm that I brought to the table, I felt like was greater than theirs, right? So, um, yeah, one day I was up in Lincoln and I was like, I'll, I'll buy this place from you if you want. At 23. At 23. That's baller. That's awesome. Yeah, appreciate That's awesome. That. You know, my dream actually was to own own some restaurants or own a business in Colorado. Um, I really like the outdoor active lifestyle, but we landed in Lincoln, Nebraska instead. Well, now you have like, what is it, eight different landings now? Yeah. Now, from there, uh, that was 12 years ago, uh, grew it to eight different restaurants, eight restaurants right now, um, all Picklemans in the Nebraska market. That's awesome. How did you decide, or take me through the process of getting into a franchise. I've looked at a lot of franchises. I think that's one of the first things I started looking at, like a buybizsell.com. Started looking there, like, sure. oh, I'm going to start this restaurant, or I'm going to own a dry cleaner, et cetera. How do you go about evaluating it? I think it's probably beneficial that you work there so you could kind of see the inner workings. But, but what does that look like? What do you need to do to, to be successful at that? What was kind of the steps? Yeah, for sure. I mean... Do you, I, do you mind just pulling the mic up just a little bit? Sorry. I had a huge leg up um, being an employee for the corporate company, right? But evaluating a franchise, it's what kind of support are they going to provide? Um, you know, what kind of brand are they? But it comes down to you, actually. It's more on you and less on what brand it is or what, what company it is or what type of company it is, right? So I look at it as are you ready to jump all in? Are you ready to go hundred hours a week, do whatever it takes 24 seven? That's what I was ready for. I was already doing it just for somebody else. Um, you know, even at fresh out of college, I was working sometimes 50 hours a week, sometimes a hundred. Um, 
the first few months when I owned, owned the restaurant down there, I, I worked open to close, was 8 a.m. to 2 o'clock in the morning. And then I still had to figure out how to be a bookkeeper. <laughs> I didn't have a bookkeeper. So I had nothing. So I was like, I was my marketing guy. I was a sandwich maker. I worked every bar rush, um, selling sandwiches at two, three o'clock in the morning. Um, I'd get home and I still had to pay my bills and get back to work at 8 a.m. the next morning, right? So um, the biggest thing I always, the best advice I can give to anybody wanting to be their own boss, whether it's own a franchise or not, uh, owning a franchise isn't the easy way out. You still have to go all in and be all in um, for as long as it takes until you can actually have that you know, quote unquote freedom. So you brought us something interesting, which I never thought of, but I think just, just, just hearing about the bookkeeper and just having to do your own books. When you, when you start a franchise, you're there, you pick, you picture the person making the sandwich, cooking the bread, opening the shop, you know, filling up the soda machines, whatever. But then you, as the business owner had to fill out, figure out these other ancillary items to assist you so you could scale. So what was your first, I guess, outside hire outside of the the sandwich maker for sure um three to four weeks into me paying bills and not recording any transactions in quickbooks or anything because i didn't know how to use quickbooks i just paid bills when they when they came in right this was in 2011 uh i found a retired cpa who worked out of his house you know um and uh, that's the guy I hired us uh, part-time, basically, 20 hours a week to do my books. I just didn't get everything right. Um, yeah, he was super valuable. You know, he, as a retired guy, he wasn't really doing it for the money. He was doing it to stay busy and, you know, provide value to the community, right? So, uh, you know, his name was Jay. Yeah, he, he provided unbelievable value. And, you know, it just... From there to, I never hired a marketing person. Actually, I'm always been my own marketer. But, um, uh, yeah, he was the he was definitely the the relief that I needed. How, how long did you say on? Um, he was on for a few years Good. before I ended up having to, you know, hire someone full time and 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 move on to something bigger. But yeah, the first thing I had to give up was was the bookkeeping. Chris knows me well enough, but. I think I got behind on property financials by three or four months. So once again, I was paying bills, you know, I was out there writing checks and I kept them all in files and it's like, oh, wait, it's uh, it's tax time and there's going to be financial reporting needed. Oh, but my partners want to know this. Wait, what? That there's not some magic button? I thought I uh, thought we could just look in the bank account and reconcile there. Guys, it's good. We still have cash in the bank. Hence why I was doing uh, 1099s this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Chris. But but <laughs> since then, <laughs> since then, we've moved on. Um, yeah. So my first hire was somebody just like the, the job was like open mail, write checks and record it. Just, just save me that. So I can be better at what I should be doing, I'm, I'm just for, getting real estate. I think I was doing Google sheets. Like I, I, we didn't know what we were yeah, doing either. Yeah. I tried learning QuickBooks and to be honest to this day, I've never really had to deal with it because I learned pretty quickly. I was like, I was like, I, there's yeah. too much going on. I, I can barely log in, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to go and, you know, get shown by my bookkeeper now. Right. Uh, the other thing I had to, you know, you have to have the courage to be the guy that can go all in on whatever the task is, you know, bookkeeping is a hard one, um, but operations or, you know, running the company in general, you know, for me, 
I worked a hundred hours a week, a lot of times because I was willing to, to set the expectation, you know, obviously develop your people and set the expectation and then, you know, be willing to hold that expectation no matter what. Don't you think that makes you a, a better entrepreneur going through every process of the business? It doesn't mean you're going to stick with that process forever. It certainly does not mean you're the best at it. But I remember when I started, I was writing my own purchase agreements. I was writing my own operating agreements. I do not recommend either of those to anybody listening. Um, I was sourcing my own deals. I was doing, I was my own HR. I mean, I was my own cold caller, every single piece of the business. But then I started peeling those back. But now I know if something is missing or something's going right, I'm able to step in there because I have that intuitive knowledge of because I've been there and I've done that. I didn't just immediately say, oh, how do I make my life easier so I can work 40 hours a week? Yeah, no doubt. That's that's the last thing on your mind at the beginning. Uh, you're not doing it, you know, you don't get into it for that at the beginning, right? So it's like you have to work through the whole the whole book, the whole process. Um, and that's what I was doing at the at the start, right? You just started creating systems. You run into something, you create a system for it. So the next time you don't have to work on it as much. Yeah. That's um, smart. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was doing, you know, at 23 years old, you know, because I had the high goals of owning a big company, starting and, you know, building my own giant company, right? Um, with lifestyle in mind, I wanted to have the lifestyle business. Um, not necessarily real estate, but it's like, how can I get into something that's a lifestyle type company um, where at 35 now, it's like, if I want to go home and have a snow day with the kids, I can. Yeah, that hits home because yesterday was a snow day and I was unable to participate in the snow. Did, did they? But you still could have. We still could have. We, we had a friend come in from out of town. And there's so. always a, yeah. There's always a good reason. Yesterday was a little unique. There yeah. seems... Um, the entrepreneurial class or this program, wherever you're at, at uh, sure. in Iowa, is t talk about that because that's shows how much I know. I, I didn't even know those really existed. Now I'm sure you can talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, I graduated from Iowa in 2010 uh, with a political science major, but halfway through my college career, I found out in the business school they had this entrepreneurship program. Um, you know, quite frankly, college and school in general just didn't really hit ho home with me. Um, it, it wasn't a focus. It wasn't something that I was super interested in. You were um, also in Iowa city, which it's hard to focus there. It for sure is. <laughs> right. So it's like, it's a great town. I'd yeah. highly recommend, um, uh, you know, that school and that town in general, That's but, great. um, you know, so I found out about the entrepreneurship program. I signed up for the first class, you know, the, the teachers aren't real professors, they're business people. So I, all my professors in this program, they were business people. They showed up in a Porsche or in a pickup truck, or they owned a company and sold it. And now they're just doing this part-time or whatever. And those are the guys I started resonating with. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's awesome. You know, I'm like, shit, this is, this is who I need to be with. Like yep. I need to hang out with this guy. And this one particular guy I still talk to from, you know, 12 years ago, uh, you know, one day I'd go talk to him after class and I'd have a full afternoon of classes afterwards, right? It was noon and he's like, hey, do you want to go grab some lunch and some beers at this one restaurant bar in Iowa City at, at, at lunchtime? Perfect. I had three or four classes afterwards. I was like, yep, <laughs> let's go. Like, let's do it. When the you door know? opens, right? The door was open. So I'm like, all right, I'll skip the rest. The afternoon is clear. Like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm open. Uh, 
and I've been talking to the guy ever since, you know? So it's like, you know, next on the list now is like going back to talk to his classes. I've been invited back there to, to go to the uh, business school there to talk. And, um, you know, that's coming up this, this spring. Great. Um, you know, those are the, those are the people that, you know, in general, no matter how far along or not far along you are in your journey, if you want to be an entrepreneur or business owner, um, or own real estate, you have to find those people that have done it. Uh, then you just latch on, you know, not in like a, not like a weird, like annoying way, yeah. but like provide value. Yeah. Yes. Provide value with no expectation in return. Cause like a lot of times you might provide value to some people, you know, you can't expect them to give you anything back. They're busy. Like everyone's busy. So it's like, that's the thing I've always kind of latched on to is providing value to no matter who it is, whether it's like to a sports team or to an office building, like even just giving someone sandwiches that I don't like, okay, I'll give you sandwiches. Yeah. You never have to order for me. That's fine. I mean, look, no one's going to complain about free pickle and sandwiches. Well, yeah, but that's, that's... no one's going to complain about it. But if you never ordered for me again, I'd be totally cool with that, right? No, so it's I... like, you know, because we're all super busy. So you're right. If you're gonna take somebody's time, it's nice to know you're offering something, whether it's a sandwich or a knowledge or speaking at a class. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think oftentimes, cause you probably get this, Hey, can I pick your brain? You're awesome. Alex, you know, Hey, how do I do this? You know, let me take you to coffee. And it's like, well, what's the, what's the objective of it? I want to learn how to be like you. Okay. Um, do you, do you want to go to work for a hundred hours a week? Right. And you start laying it out. Well, what's the secret? I, I think we get this question all the time what's the secret of real estate? Like, how do you syndicate? How do you do this? I'm like, well, you read these five books, you get up earlier, you go to the gym, you get your mind right, you focus and you focus and you focus and you work and you do the boring tasks mm -hmm. over years. and over and over again. And you don't make money in the beginning and it's okay because you're building something. It's, it's just like, you know, building a house, you know, you build a foundation, but if you covered it with dirt, you wouldn't even know the foundation's there, but you need the foundation and that's taking a significant portion of the time. Everybody just looks at the sexy house that's built on top and what the what the successes are at the end. Um, that, that that's my biggest complaint about like the the law school compared to the doctor thing is that like it, looking back on it after practicing law, what was the point of law school? I still don't understand. It would have made way more sense to, <laughs> to follow around an actual attorney and learn how to be an attorney. And that's where, the, like I said, like the, the doctorate, that's obviously the entrepreneurial portion got that right. But that's where, like, the, the med school, although I, you know, I have my qualms with some of the med school things, they at least have residency and fellowship and, like, you can learn how to be a doctor instead of just, like, can you read a book and take a test? Okay, go defend somebody in court. Like, what? Like, that's not even the fair comparison. Yeah, you're fresh out of law school. You're not ready. No, boy, not at all. No, not even close. It's not fair. So, yeah, I mean, whether no matter what it is, right, you have to study. You have to be all in. You know, that, that's how I did it. Um, so, so where are you at now? Tell, tell us about your business, what it looks like now. So 23, you started, you're 35, correct? Yeah. 35 now. Um, I've opened, I've got eight stores now, um, all in the Omaha Lincoln area. Um, you know, fantastic revenue. You know, I've gotten distracted along the way, quite frankly. Um, I actually owned, um, with some partners, like seven houses. So I did dabble in real estate a little bit um you know eight restaurants i have a lot upcoming uh starting some new brands um but side note like my real estate story like you know things like when you have to jump all in right so i was jumping all into buying single family homes um so i'd leave i'd have my you know 
Pickleman's shirt on. I'd leave. I'd go look at a house to buy in the Midtown uh, Omaha area. And uh, if the value was there, I wouldn't even walk through the house, quite frankly. So, like, there's one house I'd pulled up on. It just hit the market, like, the first day. Um, I pulled up next to it. I looked at it. It's great location, the Midtown. And uh, I called the uh, broker on the sign, and I, I bought it. Do you remember the numbers, or is it still working? Do you still have fifty grand? Do you remember you the bought address? the house for fifty grand? Bought the house for fifty grand. When was this? Nineteen seventy-three. <laughs> no, two thousand fourteen, fifteen. Oh, perfect timing. Yeah. So it's like I pulled up on it. Literally, I had, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Except I understood value. Yeah. So it's like great location, um, fifty grand. I'm like, yeah, geez, like okay. And then I talked to a guy the next day. It's a funny story, um, anonymous story, but. I talked to this guy the next day and he had all these people lined up to go see it on Monday. That was a Friday. So I talked to this guy on a Saturday. He's like, oh, I got my engineers. I got my broker. I got all these people I'm going to go look at this tour of this house with. Um, have you heard about it? I'm like, I bought it yesterday. Hell He's like, yeah. how'd you get in to see it? I'm like, I didn't. Dude, <laughs> That's if I have to tear the house down tomorrow, it's still worth 50 grand yeah. or more. Yeah. That is so good. There are so many times people are like, how do you get so many deals, Colin and Chris? Well, we see a deal and we take action on it. I mean, we've built up at least, you had the value base, you know, but we educated ourselves like people are like, ah, oh, well, I need, to, I need to get my inspectors and I'm trying to time up with this and got to get my bank approval letter and this and this and this. Well, you should have done a little bit of homework beforehand. Yeah. You should already have that connection with the bank. And then you just need to trust it. I, I don't know if it's Kevin O'Leary or who says it. They say, once you have like 60% of the information, you can say yes or no to something. The, the other 40%, you're going to figure out along you're the way. Enough. And, and it's it, it's the people that they try to get to that perfection. And they just keep pushing, like, I need to know 95% of it because, oh, no, what if a water heater goes out? Well, if you're worried about a $1,000 repair on a piece of real estate, when you're, you're missing the, the, the long-term value of it. For sure. And you don't want to make a habit out of this, but certainly in that scenario, typically in the real estate purchase realm, you have the due diligence period. So you got under a contract. You didn't close in 24 hours, or I'm guessing you didn't. Uh, no. Okay, and so and obviously then you probably ain't got a chance to walk through it. And if you finally walk through the front door and it's just a bunch of meth labs, you can just back out. Now, you don't want to make a habit out of that because- Or you just tear it down. Or you yeah. Well, gosh, that, for that, that price that, in that, that location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's smoking. Do you remember the address? Uh, 34th and Dewey. Dude, I- uh, Down the street. I uh, My first property I bought was 3419 Dewey Avenue. So, okay. Yeah. South side of the road. Kind of looked like a barn. Still own it? No. Okay. Was it like a white house? Yep. Like a lot next to it? We were almost like catty corner from you. Okay. So Yeah. We walked yeah. past it yesterday. Yeah. We walked past it yesterday. Um, I had this one other deal. This even worse house uh, on Park Ave. Dude, it, you're, you're, we were just walking there yesterday. I used to own like five buildings around that. <laughs> I bought this house for 17 grand. Gosh. What year again? This was 2015. Gosh. Dang. This thing was... This thing was about to fall apart. Like I went to the third level to look at it. I mean, it was, it was risky. Like, yeah, just getting to the third level, right? Uh, yeah, they wanted like fifty grand. I said no. They wanted forty grand. I said no. They're like name your price. I'm like, I'll take it for seventeen. I'll pay you cash tomorrow. There. All right, we'll do it. I, wait, oh. I waited a year and a half. Sold it for forty five. I didn't, it, it was empty. The lot was empty the whole time. I actually had to tear the house down and it just sounded- oh, Did you really? Yeah, tore the house down like eight grand or something. Um, is that- Did like, nothing to it. I think I know where that is. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Probably, yeah. I mean. 
think that's across the street from where me and him met on Park Ave when I beat him on a property. I don't like that story. Um, <laughs> I just so well. I mean, that, that's my dabble in real estate. No, that's awesome. So where yet? Uh, so you've got eight locations, and we were talking about this before. You have four hundred employees. Yeah, close to four hundred. What does your company structure look like? Because we have about thirty employees or so across our businesses, and it's it, it's a lot on how we're how you're having to build out. It's it it becomes exponentially more complex. But simple, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird spot because, as you said, um, building systems, finding the right people. But what what did that look like? Scaling, and how, how do you structure that? Uh, well, you figure it out along the way, right? So it's like I kind of just take it of what do I need first, and I would go down the line. Um, you know, I, I outsourced my bookkeeping for a long time to another company, um, and that got me to about six locations, um, which would have been about. You know, maybe 10 million a year in revenue or something like that. Um, from there, I was the leader, you know, uh, I was the main guy and I had one or two people above restaurant level that was working for me. So like my overhead's always been super low. Um, all my people have been in operations. All my focus has been in operations in the actual business. Um, I have one full-time and one part-time person that are above restaurant operations right now. So it's me and a person and a part-time person. And they're kind of managing the different locations. Uh, nope. That'd be the bookkeeper and then kind of like an assistant slash HR slash bookkeeper person as well. Um, I have two area managers who oversee the eight locations. Um, sometimes they're the GM if we lose a general manager, but you know, the biggest thing with, with, you know, personnel is always, and I think this is true for any, any smaller company for sure. The big, bigger companies definitely have this is, is having bench strength, you know, having a full roster of like people that could step up into it. That's so, you know, the ownership or the higher level CEOs or the operate operations people, depending on how big your company is, you know, so there's not fire alarms going off, you know, literally or figuratively, it's not your problem. So you're looking at the GM and how does this person uh, one day become an area manager? For sure. Or you're looking at the shift managers. How can I develop? So my whole thing from when I was 23 years old until, you know, now is how do I develop people? Um, you know, I have an interesting story. Like my, my, one of my area managers now, both of them have been with me for six, seven years. One of them was 15 years old when she started. She's been with me for, she's actually been with me for almost nine years. Um, She's running a company now. She never went to college, but she knows how to run a company. That's awesome. Yeah, that's know. amazing. So it's like, um, and the other one, you know, she was not in a great place when she was hired. Um, she's a delivery driver, and I just brought her through the ranks, right? So it's like, I didn't, I haven't hired anyone fancy. You know, it hasn't been that. It's just been like, who's willing to work and learn and, you know, there's been turbulent times. There's been great times. Um, you know, that's day by day sometimes, you know. Um, but there's trust there. There's development. You know, that's kind of how that's that's how I f my whole focus has been. I've, I've, I'm development over profits 100%. That's how, that's basically kind of what uh, David Crumb said yesterday. Mm -hmm. I mean, when he's looking to hire, you're saying the same thing. So when you're looking to hire, you, you want to surround yourself with the people you know who are just going to be all in, grind, and not grind to not 
perform and or not have a good outcome, but you know they're going to grind through good and bad times, like you said, and eventually continue to to better themselves. For sure. Um, You know, actually, one of my area managers a few weeks ago, she's considering moving out of state, which is obviously leaving the company, right? And, um, you know, very hesitant to do so, doesn't know where to go, or like doesn't know, you know, what would the career path, the new career path look like? And, you know, she made a comment that she had to, uh, you know, do X, Y, Z for me before she could, before she could go. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, I just got to set it clear, like with her. And I did right there. I was like, you know, to be frank, you owe me nothing. Yeah. I was like, you don't owe me anything. You're going to leave one month now from now, 12 months from now, whenever it is, if you leave, like you've been all in, it's been great, but you're going to get replaced the next day. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. That, well, it's back to that bench strength stuff. I love that. Like, it's a bench strength, but you developed an individual. I got to move on. That they they now also have skills that they can move on as well. Multipliers. That that that's a big thing. You mentioned challenges. It's just you that that's the owner of these, correct? Right. How do you how do you deal with challenges? Usually, I like throw a shoe or something at Chris when I'm having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, how do you deal with that? Who are you bouncing these ideas off of? Because, I mean, we're we're not at the scale scale that you are, but. It, we, we come across challenges all the time. Some of them are just, you know, we have to sit down and think, but some of them are really, really complex challenges that have multiple different, you know, endpoints and conclusions. And it's it becomes difficult to, to actually work through those, especially, I mean, we did not come out with, you know, anybody having a business around us. We're just figuring it out as we go, basically. So how are you dealing with those challenges as they come up? It's been a process, you know, at first, it was bottle everything in, don't talk to anybody, don't tell anybody, you know, just keep it in and figure it out and just push through, right? Um, and now it's call people who've been there, and I don't necessarily ask them what I should do, but I ask them, what would, like, what did you do? So I, I'm more about whether I sh- I'm sharing somebody some advice like i'm not sharing advice of telling you what to do i'm telling you my experience of what what happened to me and how i did you know how i learned from it and what i did right so it's like i call friends maybe a mentor um and i you know ask them to experience share usually um if it's super complex and like technical um again i go to i go to the experts is your brother sold the company yeah okay so I'm sure you have a chance to speak with him too. For sure. Yeah. So I can, you know, call him, you know, if it's legal or slightly legal, I can call my attorney, um, you know, who's done tons of mergers and acquisitions and, you know. Mergers and acquisitions. Yeah. He's done a ton of stuff. And I, you know, I'm doing re- real estate. I did le- hear that too. It's not like you said murders and acquisitions. Oh, that's a, that's well, a, you could. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you need, you need a guy for everything. Uh, you know? So no, but. Yeah, like realistically, it's like I need someone that like has been in the game, you know, as you grow and like every year is a new territory, right? It's like I had one restaurant that did 700 grand and I did everything. Um, you know, now I have eight and I do, you know, probably 15 million. So it's like, it's a whole different ballgame. I don't have 15 employees anymore. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, you really just have to lean on your own strengths and, uh, be willing to make the sacrifices first, I guess. Yeah. So I know it's been now a, a few years uh, si- since COVID, but 
was that one of those big challenges? What what, what was your thoughts? I, I feel like for anybody in the restaurant business, there were some that just did phenomenal during that period that like really thrived. Like like you guys seem to do well. Well, I mean, I'd like to hear your point. Um, but Block Sixteen, they did well. I, I know that it was like their busiest time because they pivoted. They pivoted really quickly because people still need to eat. So, what was your strategies during that during COVID or what what how'd you how'd you yeah how'd you for keep sure sane? No, for sure. Uh, my first strategy was to go back to the basics and jump back in. I, I hadn't been making sandwiches that much, you know, for sure. Like, you know, I'd go months and months without touching a sandwich, right? Well, we had to lay off like 90 people. Uh, revenue wasn't there, especially the very, you know, the first three months, right? Um, laid off 90 people. My wife's like, no, you're going to work from home now and like stay safe and all this stuff. I'm like, can't. I can't do that. My wife said the same I'm like, thing. I'm like, the opposite. I'm in. I'm I'm literally at a sandwich shop every single day making sandwiches. You know, for like one day I thought about doing like this Cornell, you know, MBA program thing that you could get in like six weeks or six months or something. I was like, oh, maybe I should do that. But like the next day I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I, I got to go back to work. Like I, so quite frankly, I, I never worked from home. Um, I jumped in with the team that was left, uh, you know, did pickup orders, did whatever it took, right? Like, you know, you just have to do what it takes. And yeah, we had three months that were pretty rough, uh, but it bounced back. I opened a new restaurant in Elkhorn, um, you know, in August of 2020 with a drive-through. Obviously, customers resonated with that right out of the gate. It was our biggest restaurant. It was our biggest opening uh, store ever, uh, revenue-wise. So, from that moment on, it's been great. I mean, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, you I, just have to persevere. Yeah, during COVID, I, I had that like that, that conversation with myself, and uh, was like, okay, you know, what, what's the Warren Buffett co- quote? Be uh, be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others oh, are yeah. fearful. And I was like, I'm just. You know, the news is on and everywhere you look, the world's freaking out. I'm like, you know, and I was hoping for the same thing. My wife was hoping for the same thing of, all right, you know, we just had our third child of mm-hmm. like, okay, you're, you're going to be able to go home and help. I was like, there are very few, and I hate to use the word opportunities, but this is an opportunity to persevere through or get our butt kicked and fold up and, 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 you know, dive in our little hole with fear. And I mean, that was our biggest year. That was one of our biggest years. That really started our, our exponential trajectory. Yeah. I know we've had, we were start of the year like 300 units and we ended over a thousand, like 1200. Oh. We just went honestly crazy at you because everybody was scared and we just decided, hey, everybody man, was scared. We're like, we're going to do this business. I think I had my team there as a small team and we just worked even harder than ever. I was like, guys, people are losing jobs, this, this, but I'll tell you what, we provide the best service, the best product for what we have. There's always going to be a population out there, no matter how dire things are, that are going to want your product. And as soon as we get over this hump, what will stand out will be even better than the rest of the competition. So it sounds like you did the same thing. And yeah, just got to work, worked more than I ever did. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, I've opened three restaurants since COVID started and I have uh, three more coming. You know, I found the best real estate deals by far in the last three years. Yeah. You know, so it's like, we're doing great. We have the revenue. We have the people. We're ready for whatever, uh, whatever we can take on. You know, it's, then you just kind of wait for the deals, and you know, or you're looking for the deals even better. Yeah. So what's the what's the future look like? You mentioned possibly some other brands. 
be able to talk yeah. about those? Yeah, for sure. Uh, this new brand I'm starting is called Untamed Kitchen. It's like a healthy fast food, uh, like a real healthy fast food concept. I've started it from scratch. Uh, you know, we've I've decided to go all in on like the value and the actual principles of that. It's like no seed oils, you know, the best products you can find, like best steak, best chicken, the best local ingredients you can find. And then for, you know, composting, being sustainable, like checking every single box, uh, you know, no soda, no, no classic soda at least. Um, you know, so we're going to open two of those locations this year. We're at? Uh, one in downtown Omaha, 15th and Farnham, right next to the Mutual Omaha building, mm -hmm. soon to be. And then one in Elkhorn. Okay, awesome. I will be there. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, you know, from there, the goal is to raise a bunch of money and open a hundred of them. Yep. And then what do you do from there? Do you, do, do you look at, do you look at selling them out at some point? You know where to find us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. It's wherever it goes. Right. It's yeah. like, I might want to sell them after 15. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on like where I'm at. It's like I, the whole goal, right. It's like to be all in, but continue the lifestyle. I have two kids you know, life at home. So I, I really about the lifestyle. Talk, talk about that too. Cause we were talking about that previously and you were talking about the, the wall street journal article. Yeah, for sure. So I, the wall street journal article that came out this week was about the, the real flex, right. Is being able to work out in the middle of the day. So when you go to the gym at one o'clock in the afternoon or whenever you're at in the middle of the day, you look around like those are actually the guys that you should be friends with. Yeah. Like I'm looking around like, all right, I, I, these are the people that are doing it. You know, I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something. And then those are the people I, f I feel like that I would resonate with the most. Um, that's, that's the one. And then, you know, being able to be flexible for your families. Um, and that's why I started it in the first place. Yeah. Started your own company. It's like, I don't have anyone telling me where I'd have to be, you know? So, well, but it, it, I'm not saying it took 12 years, but certainly 12 weeks after starting your first one in 23, you weren't that flexible. And it takes time to get there, like you I mean, said. In 2015, uh, my first son was born on April 28th. We opened a restaurant three days later. Literally got home from the hospital. I'm like, okay. I'm off the work. <laughs> See you later. Like, I am literally gone. You know, it's like I missed a ton those first, you know, six weeks. Yeah. You know, it's what I had to do. Yeah. You know, that's just the fact. Like in, when I got married in 2012, um, I mean, I was gone. Like when we opened my, every single restaurant at that point, I, I was working open to close 45, 50 days in a row. I wasn't home for dinner when we were first married. Like it just didn't happen. Um, but now I have two kids and you know, I can be home for a snow day. I can play Legos or I can take them sledding or go on vacations or whatever. Um, that's not how it was, you know, that, that was, this is the reward, but the, the key, and I, I fall back on this Jordan Peterson quote, um, you know, to sum it up, it's a pretty famous quote, but to sum it up, it's like basically the first five years of, you know, your child's life, then it's over. That's, that's like prime time. Right. You know, so it's I'm like depressed every time I hear that quote, every time, every single time I do that little video, me. it crushes me. Yeah. Um, so I made like a reel on that one time and like, I go back and watch it like once a week. Cause like, that's, that's where it's at. That's what you're doing it for. You know, it's like work harder when they're in high school or something, you know, it's like, uh, that's what I think about.
Yeah, no, and and you put in that work, and a lot of people see the lifestyle, and they're like, "How do I get that?" They're looking at it that that that's the leading indicator, money, success. That's all the leading indicator. Lagging indicator is the fact that you put in the work for that time. Put right? in the work. You're yeah. living in the dirt. Like yeah. nothing is sexy about it. Not nothing. a single thing nothing. is fun. Not 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 the money you're making. Not the hours. Not the crap you're dealing with. There is nothing sexy about it. For sure. But it's what has to be done. I, sure. I, I don't think anybody. Could, I mean, luckily for you, the program you're with uh, in Iowa and stuff, you you already could tell school's kind of weird. I want to follow these guys around. I mean, entrepreneur the entrepreneurial path is certainly not for somebody who who thinks they can just start day one and work 30, well, 40 hours a week. Yeah, I mean, a couple other things like I'm not a perfectionist. You know, that's why like you know I can step back from something and let like develop the system, let the team run. Is it going to be a hundred percent perfect? No. That's fine. Like, you know, whether you're doing apartments or, or whatever it is, you're not striving for perfection. You know? Done is better than perfect. You're just getting it done. Like, yeah, you want a great product. You can set the expectations really high. They missed the mark a little bit on, you know, something fantastic. It's still going to be pretty fantastic. I mean, look, so if you wait for everything to be perfect before you move forward, especially in our world, if you wait for everything to be perfect to move forward, you're, you're never going to be able to move forward. That's for sure. But I can tell you that... Uh, um, when you started, do, were you starting with kind of your own capital? And the reason I'm the reason I'm asking that, you know, I don't get too personal, but for us, we can't wait for perfect. But sometimes things are a little different because it's like, look, we're about to go raise seven million dollars. We can't just tell those seven million dollars of people, hey, if we mess up, man, we'll just figure it out. Yeah, it'll be good, guys. Uh, so it's a little different. And I think your story is that you went all in on yourself and more than more than just your time, but also your finances. Yeah, I mean, when I first started, I had some friends and family yeah. money, you know, uh, yeah, asked my uncle, asked my dad, yeah, yeah. Um, paid them all back. Uh, they had equity ownership and all that kind of stuff. Uh, paid them all back early on. Um, now for Untamed Kitchen, I'm opening two restaurants all on my own. Um, I've had 100 people. Dozens and dozens of people ask for like, oh, you know, can we invest now? Can we give you a hundred grand? Can we give you this? Can we give you that? I said no to everybody. That's awesome. I'm sharing my my brand. I'm sharing like this information of what I'm gonna do. More so like manifesting it rather than like I'm not asking for capital at the end. I'm just saying here, this is what I'm gonna do. But what if we gave you a hundred and one grand today? <laughs> Unmarked bills. Uh, it, it would have to be million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> even for that, honestly, I wouldn't even take a million. That's awesome. Well, that's that's awesome. And you know what? I, I tried to make a. I tried to say that there's a little bit difference, and sometimes there is. But actually, it sounds a little closer than I was saying because when you're starting those those paths, that's what we did. We kind of went in on ourselves, and we started small. Mm-hmm. Then we started with friends and family, just like you did. Started with friends and family, and you proved a concept. You proved your experience, and that was what allowed you to. So I guess it's kind of the same path. It is, yeah, for sure. I mean, you want to prove it out, right? It's like, look what I did. I opened, I'm going to open two new restaurants. I'm going to have the revenue. Hope, you know, hopefully, but I, you know, I'm going to have the revenue, right? It's like, okay, now I'll raise money. Yeah. And if you want in, you want in. If you don't want in, that's fine. You're going to miss out on the opportunity. I've already proven it. I'm just going to go, yeah, I've already proven it. Now I'm going to go. And now I have the leverage. Yep. You know, if you start with, oh, I need to go find an investor before I can buy a single family home. That's tough. It's tough. Especially when I know what you're doing. It's tough. I mean, it's a it's a tough game, right? But it's like, if you're a hard enough worker, you know, and you've read enough books, you've gone all in on it, you have mentors, you check all the boxes, 
you can do whatever you want. You just have to, you just have to go all in. Back to working out in the middle of the day. First off, I'm going to start doing that now because I want to flex, but in more than one way, as a double entendre there. But I actually want to uh, ask you about like, what are some of your like personal habits? What are, what are some of the things you do outside of the business to better yourself or better your family or whatever? Uh, yeah, for me, it starts in the morning. I mean, uh, first thing I do actually is drink athletic greens. It's like this greens powder. You started and I was like, you drank when you wake up? Yeah, I drank. I had a scoop, I had a scoop this morning. <laughs> I drink athletic greens every day. Um, right now I, I'm doing dry January. I don't drink alcohol a lot anyway. Uh, very rare. Uh, it needs to be even more rare. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, dry January is a good way to start. Yeah, you've been listening to Andrew Huberman, right? Yeah, he's he's the best. He's great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, wake up, athletic greens. You know, I try to walk outside, actually, take the dog outside. Oh, this is straight up here, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 check, I check the boxes. Like, a lot. I splash cold water on my face at least. Um, cold plunge? Uh... I do have a cold plunge. I usually only do it in the in the summer, though. You have a cold plunge. Yeah. Uh, is it the actual plunge, or is it like um, did you cold make it? It's an ice barrel. Yeah, I've, I, I've I have it in my backyard, and I haven't used it this winter. It's some I know some guys. Yeah. Some guys that do it in the winter when it's cold outside, like it's twenty five degrees out. I can't. I'm not going. I mean, I have a hot tub out there too. I do sit in the hot tub a lot. Um, but uh, yeah. Then I look at my schedule, and I try to keep my schedule as open as possible. So I, I'm, I'm more interested now in, you know, being there for my team. So I make a couple quick phone calls just to check in. Um, I like to, you know, check off whatever boxes I need to check off, you know, to move the company forward. And you know, like we were talking off, you know, earlier, it's being out of the re reactionary period of email. That's my biggest issue that I've been dealing with now is I don't need to check my email every 30 seconds. And then respond right away. It's like, I, I'm literally the boss. I can respond whenever I want. I feel like you and then the guy we talked to yesterday, I feel like this is purposely set up by calling like an intervention. <laughs> I just care about you, man. <laughs> I don't I don't even know who you talked to yesterday, obviously. So it was it wasn't planned. <laughs> I know, I'm just messing. <laughs> it's just a parent, man. Well, I, at first, I mean, all jokes aside, kudos to you for freaking setting that up. I mean, that's huge. That reminds me of, you know, Hermosi said that. Like, I don't know if you heard him say Okay, yeah. But he, he literally, he says, I don't take meetings before 1 p.m. He's like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna dictate my whole day. I mean, he says it a little more, you know, cordial, but for sure, I get done what I need to get done without interruptions. And then if I need to do something in the afternoon, I will. And good for you because- like we've already said a hundred times, you put the hundred hour work weeks in so you could get to that point. For sure. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Last week, my wife, uh, she she doesn't work. She stays at home, uh, you know, takes care of the kids. And uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, my youngest is in school. He's in preschool Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So she's got the day open in theory, but she plays tennis and she hangs out with her friends and she uh, we do a lot of nonprofit stuff as well. Um, so I text her, I'm like, hey, you want to go to lunch today? Um, my days, I work at my calendar. It's open. Yeah, that's a good feeling. You know, so I'm like, hey, you want to go get lunch? She's like, actually, I'm I'm busy. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, son. <laughs> okay, so it's like, it's like, it's like she's busier than I am sometimes. You know, so it's like I'll come home and I eat lunch at my house a lot, or, um, you know, go for walks in the afternoons. Another one that I like to do. It's like, and I, I don't do it listening to podcasts. I know a lot of people like to listen to audiobooks or podcasts. I do I do those things. But when I go for a walk, I just go for a walk. Good for you. Yeah. You know. Do you throw the rucksack on? Um, yeah, rucksack or yeah, weighted vest. 
Okay. Um, I want to go go one level farther and be the the guy that carries dumbbells to the na- or uh, like kettlebells to the neighborhood. So much carry it all around. Yeah. So what I'll do, <laughs> so, so to make it actually doable, I'll throw in 40, pa- 40 pounds in the rucksack, but then I'll have a 20 pound plate. It's like one of those handheld ones. For sure. And I'll just flip it back and forth every like two minutes or so. That makes it a little more bearable. Two hands, I've tried that before. And there, there's a point where you're halfway through the walk and you're like- You're not gonna make it. You're like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Here. Yeah, but actually physiologically, I think actually you're, it's better for you to only have it on one side, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm a doctor. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you keep your core tight, and yeah, 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 you check all the boxes. Um, no, I mean, most of the time, honestly, I just go for a walk. Good. Like, literally, like, dogs are barking. You can hear the birds. It's all the cliche stuff, but it, it's unbelievably, like, opening. Are you on your phone the whole time? So, it's great. so what's great is I've been... I've been doing the sauna for a while. I've got an infrared sauna at home. I'll do the Peloton in the morning. And before I'd like listen to books, listen to podcasts, or I even have a TV out there, I may be like watching something in the sauna. And recently, all I do is either I have a breathing exercise on or I'm just doing breathing exercises in there. And I just notice, like, I don't notice it anything in the morning, anything during the day until at night when I'm writing in my journal. And it's like my, my temperament, just the day was easier. Every single day that I do that and just like clear my head and allow it to just calm down. It's just, it's just so funny. There's no like big highs and lows. It's like, okay, that this uh, meditation, breathing, whatever you want to call it, calming the mind, going out for a walk and not getting um, these inputs in is super beneficial for sure. Or intervention stuff. Did you, do you meditate? Uh, I would like to say yes, but not regularly enough. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not going to fake it and say yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I, mean, I sit in the sauna a lot. You know, um, I do that at lifetime though. I need to get one for my house, probably. Well, Lifetime's got everything. Yeah, I I walked a Lifetime, so it's like... Oh, really? I live that close. Okay. Uh, you know, so uh, some other things I do, it's like, uh, beside the cold plunge, occasionally, um, you know, I, I like to, I guess it'd be time-restricted feeding, um, intermittent fasting, but I don't eat it until lunchtime. I eat breakfast... But I just eat my breakfast food because I love breakfast food love it. at lunchtime instead. Ooh, nice. So it's like I'll have, you know, the eggs, you know, the ground, like meat or whatever. Uh, cinnamon rolls. Not a lot. <laughs> Ideally, not a lot of cinnamon rolls. Not, good, not, not a lot of good. Cakes and waffles? Uh, not often. All right, yeah. It makes my kids good, do, though. They make some good paleo and keto uh, waffles. Yeah. No, so same thing. I know Chris is more into the fasting. I'm more of stop eating at, you know, two hours before bed and and if usually around this time, okay. ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, I'll have some timer shit. Yeah. I, I guess. I try to do that too. I mean, my kids like to eat at four thirty or five at night and I go to bed at you know nine or ten. So it's like I eat dinner at four thirty and I'm time restricted feeding. It's like, okay, I'm not gonna eat until lunch next day. That's a long time. That is a lot that is a really long time. Um that, that's great for longevity though. Uh I know. According to the experts. Dave yeah. Sinclair. Autophagus. Uh Peter Atia. Yeah, he's been talking about fasting forever. Sinclair came out. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm sure we all listen to the same people. What do you, uh, uh, do you, is there a certain diet you follow? Um, Low carb, paleo, healthy, organic, nothing? Just eating real. I mean, certainly I try to focus on organic food. Yeah. Um, just eating whole real foods, right? Like eating meat, eating potatoes, eating vegetables, fruit. Um you know, if it comes in a box, you probably shouldn't eat that much of it. Yeah, I mean, look, so obviously we all listen to the same people, so you know that, but you're good at actually following that? Uh, no. 
<laughs> in theory, right? Like in theory. In theory, eighty percent of the time, maybe. If that, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe eighty percent of the time. I mean, sometimes it's a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, then you fall off the wagon a little bit and you have to jump back on. And the, yeah. the key is how fast can you jump back on? Yeah. Yes. Don't go days, you know, go a day or two, you know. Nine or 10, you go to bed. So you're an early riser? Oh, uh, yeah. What, what time? Oh, like 5.30. Good. good. Alarm, the alarm clock situation? Usually. Yeah. Okay. Or a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my daughter has a uh, unicorn she got for Christmas, a stuffed unicorn, and its name is Lemonade. So Lemonade is often in the middle of the bed with us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Make sounds? Uh, my daughter does when I kick lemonade off the bed. <laughs> she's, really, she's really pissed about that. She's like, lemonade, I need you. Yeah, I actually love co-sleeping, uh, like having kids in bed. I think it's, I don't know, maybe it's against the grain, but uh, yeah, my kids are seven and four, right? So it's like, I know a lot of people complain, oh, it's terrible, I hate like, having kids in the bed. Do I sleep as well? For sure not. Do you like it it every night? Is it both kids? Sometimes it's we wake up and they're both kids are there. Uh, I guess the point is, right, I'm going to miss it when they don't. I know. Hitting home. We we always talk to Ronnie about this. It it literally eats at me every day. It won't happen. I'm not going to sit on the floor and play Legos soon. I'm not going to play Duplos. You know, it's like, I'm going to miss it. There's this guy I follow. There's a couple guys for these reasons. And I love how you said you revisit your reel about the first four or five years. There's a guy, there's a couple of people I follow on TikTok who, it's like, you know, Daily Dad or whatever. I follow, uh, who's the, Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday. So I get the, I get the Daily Daily Dad. Uh, but another thing, he, there's this, there's this video of him where the daughter keeps coming in the room, keeps coming in the room. She's like, hey, dad, I want to do this, I want to do this. And he's like, oh, give me a second on the email or whatever. Give me a second. I'll be right there. And then it fast forwards seven years and he goes to the door of her room and he's like, hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? And she's like, no, no, I got stuff going on. And. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I know. Falling. I'm like, what am I doing? I know. It's tough, man. It's, it's brutal. It's terrible to watch. Wait, that's why I go home at two o'clock. Yeah. Or I'll text my wife, like, uh, I coach the basketball teams, right? Or like, I'll pick the kids up from school. Yeah. Or I'll drop them off. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be my vert. My mind has, is telling me it's going to be terrible when I can't do that. It will be tough. Um, I know there's a new phase and every, part of parenthood and childhood that's all a new journey and there, like, there's great things about it at every stage, right? But You'll miss it. We'll miss it. Yeah, like the hugs and kisses with little kids, like with your kids, like it doesn't get any better. I know. And the pure curiosity from them and just like they, they're just, they, they just love you so much. They just want it unconditional. They want it all because, yeah, my son's seven, so I have a seven, a five, and an almost three-year-old. And it's crazy. My seven-year-old just—it's—he's grown so much. The conversations we're having, the conversations he's having, but yeah, I do everything to be at their practices. Anything that I can just like see and talk shop with him and just like contribute. Like I was basically the water boy of their flag football team. But I loved it, man. Send me to do whatever. I'll pick up snacks. I can hand out gummy bears. Whatever you guys need. It's uh, just—it's just that fun experience. You get to get closer to him. You get to get excited for it wrestling standing there being on the mat with them just you know helping them through those processes um well what's not to be lost though is you don't get there unless you put the work in i, I think that's I, I, don't get there so i had that you're all in i had that epiphany and this is uh before i had quit my job and it was like man because i told this story multiple times but th- this is when it, it all started coming clear after i read rich dad poor dad 
and we were about to have our second child. And I looked at a gentleman across from me and I had a countdown timer of a thousand days and he was about 62. And all he wanted to do was get rid of those next thousand days. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, my son will be five then, my daughter will be three. Like, that's just depressing. I was like, I have to do something different. And nine to five, you're only working 40, you know, 45 hours a week. But it's literally that you're there and you have to be there. It's not going to box. There's no option. There's no true safety. Not, not, not to mention that, you know, social security will be gone and all that. I mean, there's, I have no faith in that. That'll be around at least for my generation. <laughs> yeah. Who's count on that? <laughs> not people in their thirties. But even if you could, it's not a lot to live on. It's not a pretty no. life. No. Can't live on it. So uh, inflation, you see like people, all the older people now getting jobs and whatnot. It's for sure. No, I mean, like the whole premise, right? Is like you go all in on life, right? So like whatever it is, um, and then be thriving. Like I'm always trying to be thriving, right? So, and inspire everyone around me to thrive. You know, like live your best life. My employees, like take your PTO and go somewhere kind of cool. Like do something. Um, so this other thing I got into like three years ago, um, it's a Jesse Isler thing called Build Your Life Resume. Yep. So it's this giant calendar. Every single day is on it for the year. Really? Every yeah. day. It's just literally giant calendar. Yeah. So it's like yeah, 30 we, days in a row. You know, but you have yours filled out? Uh, for the last three years. Really? So then you open it. So like, okay, what are you going to do this weekend? Okay, you can watch some football. You can sit on the couch and watch Bluey. You can do what, like, do nothing, basically. Creating no memories. Um, or you can go take your kids camping. Like, even if you don't like camping, go camping. Yeah. Like, go stay in a hotel. Go take them for a walk in a new forest. Go take them to the park. Like, whatever it is. Not even just the kids, right? It's like for yourself, too. So it's like, so I can look back on my year in 2020, 2021, 2022, um, and uh, soon to be 2023. I say, okay, what did I actually do this year? I mean, some of it might be open a new restaurant or start a new company or you know, bought a new house or bought a building or whatever that those things can be on there. But it's like, oh, I took my family to, you know, Disney world, or I, we went to Kansas city for a weekend or, you know, we went camping, we went and watched whatever, took them to the rodeo or something, right. whatever it is, it doesn't matter, yep. but you're actually getting out and you're doing something. Then you kind of like, dad, what was it like in 2020? Well, let's go see what we did when you were, you know, four and that's cool. Six or whatever. And then we, so we can open this thing up. It's like, oh, wow, we went to Scottsdale and we went to Grand Canyon and we went to, you know, what else did we do? Like, I don't know, went to the Black Hills or Badlands or whatever, you know, it's like, uh, I, I mean, that's so valuable for me. Like, that's where it's at. Like, you're, you're building your whole life. Like that's, did that, you know you always, did you always know you wanted to do that? Or did you start feeling more of that as it became more of a family type thing or um, I've been doing that forever. Have you? Yeah. So like I ran an ultra marathon in high school. I ran another one in college. I skipped my freshman year. I skipped like the fraternities spring break to PCB or wherever Daytona and went to Vermont and did a snowshoe marathon. Um, <clears throat> so I'd never been on snowshoes before. I bet most of those guys aren't doing what you're doing right now. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. So like yeah, I skipped them. I was I was the loser, right? Like I was, oh yeah, I was dork. <laughs> I, I was the nerd. I was like 
I was the guy out running in the middle of the night while they're partying. Yeah. Granted, I did a lot of that too, but it's like I balanced it. Yeah. You know, I'll meet you guys there. I'll meet you at the bar at midnight. I'm going to go run, you know, seven miles or whatever. So I show up in Vermont, uh, which is not an easy place to get to from Iowa City. Um, you know, I'm on this giant property. The owner of the property is Joe DeSena, the founder of Spartan Race. Yeah. He's on, you yep. know, he's big. He carries around a kettlebell, doesn't he? He's big time. He was really interesting guy back then too, right? So it's like, you're on his property. It's this huge place. Um, I get there. I didn't get into like three o'clock in the morning. Sure enough, he's awake doing something on his property, whatever, in a barn, uh, like nice barn full of like, like nice stuff. Yeah. Like really nice stuff. Uh, that's a, I was freshman college, right? So I'm like, dang, like that. I want to be a baller like that. Have all the fun toys. That's where it's at. Um, you know, I got stories about him, but, um, all positive, like, yeah, all positive stuff. Right. So it's like, you know, that's like the inspirational stuff. Um, so then the next day is the snowshoe marathon. I didn't have snowshoes. I'd never even put them on before. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like a marathon. Yeah. Okay. 26.2. So like, I'm walking around like from guy to guy, racer to racer or whatever, um, asking them if they have extra snowshoes I could borrow. There's no snowshoe stop shop, you know, there's yeah. no like place to go buy them. You had no idea that you middle... need snowshoes. No. Okay. Fair enough. You just thought it was running in the snow. Well, like, he said, like, oh, I'm sure someone will have extras. Oh, fair enough. So I'm like, okay. I'll, cool. You know, you, you put on these big racing snowshoes, and, you know, you have to run up and down this mountain a dozen times or whatever. And it was uh, Is that your hardest? 35 degrees, raining. It wasn't snowing. It was raining, which was worse. It was, like, freezing rain the whole time. It was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, but we, you know, got it done. and That's pretty sweet. Uh, you know, flew back to Iowa City and went back to class, and my fraternity brothers didn't even notice. They 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 forgot half their trip to Daytona. They, they had, they had no idea. So that's the whole thing, right? Whether it comes down to like consuming alcohol, not consuming alcohol. You know, I went to a Creighton game, uh, Creighton basketball game a couple weeks ago. I was the only guy not drinking. It was totally fine. No one cared. Yeah. I had anxiety about it though, like, and I always do. I've done seventy five hard before as well. It's like, oh, I'm, it's my first wedding that I have to go to. I'm going to be the only person not drinking. It was totally great. Nobody cares. It was awesome. Nobody gives a shit. You, you were Nobody saying, cares. You yeah. were saying something earlier about uh, kids sleeping in beds against the grain. I think more and more people are realizing, look, you're going to lose that. And I can tell you drinking, not drinking, is becoming so much more popular. Not only because we've, it's almost like we all found out, which is crazy, that cigarettes are bad for you. So people start, <laughs> And now people are starting to be like, this alcohol thing maybe not be the maybe best. Be the <laughs> right. So like, you know, again, like a dinner with the kids or, you know, at home with the kids, I'd rather be open-minded, clear-minded, not two drinks in. Dad, can I have a sip of your drink? Yep. You can have some. Yeah. Because it's not alcohol. Yeah. So, so that same TikTok I saw yesterday, he's like, here I am watching my kid. I'm just having a beer. And then I realized like, I'm not like engaging with my kid. I'm not right. playing with him on the ground. Not doing anything. No, I'm just sitting there drinking an IPA. Yeah, so I I drink Athletic Brewing Company beers. They're great. Yeah, the NAs. NAs, yeah. Those are really the first time I had those was in Colorado because those, those they have a lot of breweries there, of course. Yeah. And those are, it tasted like a real. Have, have you had like a Bushlight NA? It's not the best. I haven't had that. Oh, it's don't. It's not, the Heineken NA. Like Heineken NA. Heineken NA tastes like a Heineken. Heineken is. That's a really good. Make one. a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Athletic Brewing Company is awesome. Uh, 
Uh, that's the one I get behind. But have you tried the new uh, non-alcoholic seltzers? Like Hio is a new one. Uh-uh. Uh, one of the founders that she's actually from Omaha. Um, really? I don't know. There's just different ones like that. They have like ashwagandha in them and stuff. Mm. Nice. Yeah, it's worth trying. Uh, gosh, that's this is so great. I, I whether you meant to or not, you you're, you're starting to change my life. Yeah. So so this is really good because uh, in an hour and fifteen minutes from now, I have a meeting with my life coach, mm-hmm. and we're going over. We we had he gave, he had me rank all different ten different areas of my life, um, you know, from community to health to you know relationships with family, et cetera. So we're going to define my goals and go over them and kind of map it out. So nice. you, you, you've just helped me provide a little bit more clarity for that meeting. So thank you. Uh, sure. um, yeah, that's no, pretty have, ironic. I mean, just a side note, like having a life coach is, is important, right? Like um, I'm a big believer in having a coach for everything. Like growing up with sports, you have a coach. Like mm-hmm. you have a basketball coach, soccer coach. You know, whether it's business, you need to have a coach. Whether it's marriage, you need to have a coach. Yeah. Oh. You, ha- you have to have a coach for you know, for physical training, like you should have a coach. Like if you want to really go all in, you want to really grow a big company, you really, really get, get fit and healthy for the long term, and not just, you know, dabble, dabble for three months and then fall off the wagon. You got to go all in. You have to have someone that's got to help you hold, hold you accountable, like pay him, a, pay him money. Like, Who, who's already been there too. So they can help you get there quicker. For sure. I mean, that's what I did for fitness. I mean, now you're doing it too, but I looked at myself, I'm like, gosh, I'm, I'm just not figuring it out. Like, like I used to be fit, but got older, got got more stress, lack lack of sleep, and just the body started falling apart. I'm like, okay, so I spent a lot of money on a coach and a doctor to tell me exactly what to do, how to do it, and hold me accountable to those things. And guess what? I got amazing results. Yeah, you don't regret a second work. No, it's worth every penny. I can't believe it. Like is is even like a thought that I wouldn't spend you know x amount. I mean, it was you know ten plus thousand dollars for just you know getting it going, not including the nutrition, et cetera. But it's only a waste of money if you don't do it. That's exactly. True. But you know what feels good? Having a freaking six-pack. That feels freaking great. I love that. That's a good feeling. No doubt. The wife likes it too, and I feel better, and I have more energy. So, no But I don't. I know for a fact that I would still be kind of in the same rut, making really slow movements, probably slipping and doing those things, and not combining it with my life coach to actually get those results. I think another benefit, though, is surrounding yourself with people who have the same likes and dislikes and like this just sitting here for an hour has yeah. has been phenomenal and like it's motivating and it's just you it would have been looking back on it we don't regret anything i'm sure you had a great time in college i had a great time for in sure. college i don't regret anything but it's like i wonder where i'd be or how quicker how much more quickly i could have gotten where i'm at now if i instead of just me and 17 guys who always wanted to black out it was me and and 17 guys <laughs> me and 17 guys who wanted to go run up hills in the mountain in the snow like I wonder where, like, it's about who you surround yourself with. For That's sure. the great thing about entrepreneurship. It is, you know, like that that 1%. And typically it's just that those individuals that, that want more out of life. And they want more out of life everywhere. Like, everybody's just like the money part. The money's like, you, you get the money to get a little bit of freedom. So, you, so you're not worried about things. Everything's taken care of at home. But then it really is those self-improvement. How do I be yeah. a better person, father, husband? Well, it's, it's community, right? Like, yes. everyone needs community. That's human nature. So it's like. You have to go find, if, if you're looking around the room at your buddies or whoever, wherever you're at, and it's like, eh, this isn't it, you got to go find your own, like, you got to find a new community. And that's, like, the hardest part. Like, you have to be willing to tell people that, no, that's yeah. hard. Like, no, I'm going to go for a run instead. I luckily learned that in high school, you yeah. know? So it's like, it's still hard now. Like, I've been 
you know, battling it for, for years. I'm looking for a new community all the time. Like, okay, how can I get better? Who's doing it better? Can I provide value to them? Can I jump into their community without being a drain? Yeah. Um, it's like the last thing you're never going to get included if you're the drain in the, yep. in the, in the group. Right. So it's like, um, the next thing I'm going to is, uh, this thing called HPLT high performance lifestyle training. It's a three day deal. Um, you know, this one, this is, it's like a retreat summit. Who runs it? Uh, a guy named Brian Mazza. Uh, you know, he's on Instagram. He's a, he's a brand builder, right? Yep. And so like, it's, it's about building the community, building the lifestyle, building, building the brand that you want, whether it's personal brand, because everyone has one or your business's brand. So it's like, what brand, what community do you want to associate your brand with? Like, um, that's right. the, I want to associate with high performance people, you know, whether it's people functioning at home, people functioning within, uh, within an organization. If you don't own the company, you don't have to own the company to still have a high performance lifestyle. Right. You provide the value. You're in the right organization. The owners are going to recognize that. And if they don't, then get the heck out of there. I mean, it's, you're, you're explaining basically the mastermind. I mean, yeah. Uh, whether it's a purposely formally set up mastermind or whether it's just per you going out of your way to surround yourself with people, you want to be around those individuals who are going to make your life better. Yeah, no matter what industry. I mean, I just got back from a mastermind and I'm sitting next to me is Walter O'Brien, the world smart man with the world's highest IQ, sitting with somebody that helped create uh, Dr. Phil and the Kardashians, another guy who's a billionaire entrepreneur, real estate investor, and we're sitting in proximity talking about real things. There's no... Oh, how are the Jags doing? Okay. Nobody anybody, gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Because you know what? And this is what I tell my son. And I think it's a little different for kids because it's allowing them to learn. Like, he's remembering the stats and he's really obsessed with sports now. So it's it's almost a good thing. He doesn't spend too much time watching it. But I tell him, I'm like, do you want to be the person watching it? Or do you want to be the person playing it? Because... Everybody, the only thing that you should care about is being the person playing it. That's where the true glory is. That's where the fun is. Or the dedication that, to be able to play. The, the dedication, yeah, that, on your own fun, game. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's where it's at. That's the disconnect, right? It's like, someone will ask me, like, hey, you want to go watch the game tonight? I'm like, what? What game? What game are we talking about? <laughs> Seriously. Not <laughs> I don't know. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. Crane basketball game, so I will go to that. I, that's fun. Yeah, I just I'll bring my kids. It's a social thing. I bring the kids. Yeah. It's a social thing. It's a community. You know, it's the, like the local thing, right? Um yeah, with my kid, like, I'm the first grade basketball coach. I was like, all right, let's go practice some dribbling. Dad, I already know how to dribble. I'm like, okay. We have some We got some <laughs> yeah. mental. <laughs> you hear that? We good, huh? We got to sharpen the iron. Like, yeah. we got to learn, like, what it means. I have not given up football in my life, but I certainly don't plan my life around football. I think I watch, literally, if you don't count the Super Bowl, I think I watch maybe one or two games an entire season. Yeah, I'm mean, nice still. But, but but you played arena football in collegiate, so there's a there's a little bit different. There's like a bigger connection. There. Well, yeah, I wasn't even trying. Sure, but I, what I'm saying is, you don't have to give up sports completely or give up those things completely. No doubt. But if your life's based on it, God. and the only thing you can talk about when you're around everybody is a running back for the last four hours, you've been sitting around. How are you getting any better? There was a guy on the flight down to uh to when I was going to Tampa, and for an hour and a half straight. All he talked about was football, and all I wanted to do was read my book or go to bed. And eventually, I was just like, I'm sorry, man. I have to tune this out. And that's all he cared about. He knew every second of every stat, and that like was the high point of his life of somebody else's success. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I know. You know, who knows who won the game last weekend? 
I mean, my favorite team's Iowa Hawkeyes football, right? College football. Two bowls ago, last year, bowl, I have no, I have <laughs> Does it really matter? Yeah. Does it matter if they're a winning team or a not winning team? It's the coach's fault. It's not, it doesn't, like, that's, for me, it's like, what matters is right in front of you. Like, what experiences are you creating for yourself? Sure, go to a game. Great time. Fun. Watch a game with your kids or with your buddies. Sure, it's great. It's not all, it's not, it's not the end all. I think what you've proven throughout this is that uh, obviously your knowledge base, uh, ice plunge, cold plunge, coaches, uh, what's important in life, surround yourself. Obviously, that's the most important thing. But um, you're not going to be perfect, but to no. be aware of it. For sure. And to I, strive like I said, to be better. I, I played Legos yesterday with my, my kids, and yeah, there, there was one email. And I'll, this is an excuse. There's one email that I'm waiting for. Um, that that I need, right? So it's like from a contractor. It's a thing. It's about a project. Did it was it that important? Could I wait till after the kids go to bed? For sure. But here I am every fifteen minutes or more, probably. Oh yeah. Okay. Did I get the email yet? Did I get the email yet? Did I get the email yet? Oh, dear. it doesn't matter. And I call myself. I'm like, I should. So I got to put my phone out of reach. Yeah. And I do that at night now too, right? I so see. it's like, I. Plug my phone in on the floor across the room. So I can't, if I wake up in the middle of the night, which happens a lot, or before bed, before I, oh, I can't fall asleep, I'll just look at Instagram for a while. Yeah, that's a great idea. But we all do it. I literally <laughs> put it, I put it on the floor. I plug it in on the floor across the room. That 5.30 alarm goes off and your wife's not pissed off that you just she go. She doesn't wake up. Oh, good for her. <laughs> good for her. So what, uh, I heard what Ed Milet does. So when he gets home from work, you know, Ed Milet's is an awesome entrepreneur, baller. He leaves his phone in his car. And wow. he, he just that leaves doesn't... it in there. He's just like, now he goes back out there like an hour or two later. But that first hour or two when he's home, he's just like. He's in. Well, because otherwise, dude, it's impossible. I mean, especially when I get home. If for some reason, it's like the time when my phone starts exploding. It's like, I mean, I'm getting hundreds of text messages. When in actuality, they may be group text messages, they may be group emails, that'll figure itself out. It'll figure itself out. And, and I can be down to the last 10%. All right, Alex, this has been awesome. We've got- yeah, Thanks the, for having me on. Yeah, we've got this just last segment. The final three with CNC, Chris. Get it, Chris and Colin. Uh, Chris, you want to start it off, buddy? Yeah, uh, so this will be with coaching then. If you if you would suggest you know coach mentor entrepreneur shoot psychologist psychiatrist whatever if you had to pick that one person to start with because like you said and we 100 percent agree you need more than one mentor coach or whatever in your life for sure yes. if you could pick the first one to start with no matter what dependent doesn't matter what kind of background or employer or employee you want to be or who would it pick who would it be what what area of life would that coach be yeah it would be a uh personal trainer fitness nice awesome okay nice um second question think about why or no yeah if you want to why yeah, go no. for it yeah i mean I, I almost said life coach but i think really uh you can't really thrive in life without health without wellness without getting yourself at least being on the journey to health and wellness right so it's like you have to show up whether it's is going for a walk or going to the gym, lifting weights. You got it. You get it's, everything starts with health and wellness. I mean, it's like, yeah. it, don't even, you know, don't even think about running a company without doing it. Right. So it's like, 
start at the gym. If you don't own your own company yet, go to the gym. Be there at five o'clock in the morning if that's all your time allows. There's time in the day. No shit. I literally, I have said that. Everybody asks, how do, how do you do that? Get up early and go to the gym. It's going to clear your mind. You're going to conquer something initially in the day because everything in business is hard. There's nothing that's easy. You go through that and you conquer it. You you have that check mark. The rest of your day is easier. Uh, who, who said like, you do the hardest thing first, right? Mm-hmm. Get your butt out of bed, go to the gym, go for a walk, get in the cold plunge, do whatever it is, uh, whatever you know gets you going. Do that hard thing first. Sometimes it's just the hard thing is just getting out of bed at five thirty. Yeah, you're like that's not easy. Like it's not. Get get just get out of bed. My intro to CrossFit was from a, a, a now friend, but a, a mentor and my boss at that time in the military, Adam Thompson. And when I was getting intro to CrossFit, I was like, "What is this cultish thing?" And it is a little bit, but it was more that he explained to me once you get through these things, once you get through these classes, and you're like, "Holy cow, I'm done." That was the worst thing I've ever done. But once you're done, you're like, "I can do anything." Yeah. I can literally go conquer anything. That was the most difficult thing ever. And by the way, sometimes it's 40 minutes long. Yeah. But you're like, you know what? The fact that I did that, then I can probably wake up on my, when my timer goes off or I can make the decision not to look at my phone for 30 minutes. I just live through what I, what I feel to be the hardest thing I've done. No doubt. Highly recommend CrossFit. Yeah. I love it. Love I, it. I, I definitely attribute it to me becoming an entrepreneur. It just gave me that grit and mentality of just like, I just did something so hard. I've seen other people do real estate. I, I can mimic them. I, I can certainly, if they can do it, I can do it because I just push myself through this. And it's just great to clear your head of the stress. Yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, when you were starting this, so th- this is, you know, people say, what would you change? I like to kind of rephrase it. What would you, on your entrepreneurial journey or just in life in the past 15 years, what would you have leaned in more to? What would you have done more of if you could go back? Great question. I'd go bigger, faster, mm. you know, um, especially at the beginning, you know, even to a degree now I talked about, I'm going to start my own brand. I'm going to start my own brand. I'm going to start my own brand. But I waited and I waited and partially rightfully so, right. You know, the money's got to be right. Like it's the classic, like, you know, everything's got to be perfect. But I talked about it. I talked about it. I talked about it. Right. So I wasn't necessarily walking my own walk. Um, in a lot of ways I was, but it's like, in some ways I didn't actually do it. Um, you just gotta jump in faster. Mm. Gotta go like start taking the steps now. Like I'm a big, and this kind of goes along the same lines of like, why are we waiting until new year's resolutions? Yeah. You don't have to wait until January 1st to diet or work out or exercise. Well, start now. I can't drink because it's the holidays and everyone drinks during the holidays. Drink something else. Just start in Thanksgiving or whatever. Like, yeah. just start now. Like, if you're if you're gonna wait till then, or if you hear something like, "Oh, I'm gonna wait till January 1st and then I'm gonna do it," they're not gonna do it. it and, they're not the guy. Or, or they'll try it. They'll stop right away. It won't work. And you know, I it's because uh, they'll miss a day. That's the thing that happens. People get discouraged by missing a day, and then it's all of a sudden they gotta wait till next year. Ah, I missed it. Uh, you know, that thing wasn't for me. Uh, another my girl's was messed up all last weekend. Yeah. So. Okay, it's I'm over. going to McDonald's. It's over. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the all-star Monday strategy. It's yes. just, it was like, oh, I'll start eating right Monday. I'll start working out on Monday. Hey, um, it, look, there's never a perfect time to start, right? For sure. So this thing that we started on, it's it's basically like the whole 30, but on steroids. Not literally on steroids, but like it's 90 days of one of the most restrictive diets. It's extremely different. Tailored to your body. Tailored to your mm-hmm. body. So it's not like here's a list of foods and all of us will stop doing it. It's give me your blood. Give me your saliva. Give me your urine. I mean, it's a fecal matter. Like yeah. they say, you're sensitive. You're so 
he he couldn't have coffee and I can. I can't have beef and he can. It's just weird. I'm glad I can have coffee. That's crazy. But uh, but I need started, to start. I I do too. <laughs> I, I know. Beef is tough actually. Um, I started December first, and my whole family and all my friends are like, "What are you doing? The holidays are coming up. We were going through some tough. Uh, I had a family member who was sick. Like, this is going to be such a hard time. Like, I don't know when else." To do it, there's never going to be a perfect 90 days to do these things. So it's like just jump in. We talk about it every day. It's like that analysis paralysis thing. When it comes yeah. to real estate, it's like you can read a million books, but if you if you don't take the next step to actually meet the banker, if you don't take the next step and actually put the offer in, if you don't take the next step and meet the investor, it'll, that day will never come around. So yeah, that's huge. Happen. Yeah, you can't wait for that. The, the the most successful people. I was listening to Bobby Castro. So he sold a tech company for a billion dollars. He owns, you know, like a. Oh, yeah, he owns he owns like a billion dollars in real estate, and he started like I think he was a high school dropout. I think he made it through ninth grade, but guy's got energy, and he just says every day I try to get two and a half days worth of productivity out of it. Mm. You know, that's friends, family, love, work, etc. And he's he says he's just like it's incredibly hard, but I want to I want my life to look like I've lived two hundred and fifty years. I want to experience all those things. My let just said my day my days are six hours long. Do you see that? Yes. that? I, yes. I still don't understand that, but basically you're trying to get as much stuff as you can. Yeah, yeah and just, that's what I try to do in the mornings, right? It's like how many directives can I push, and you know how many things can I push out, right? Then they'll all work the whole day, and my whole team will be working on these things that I'm working like that. I, I can't do this, do that. All these directives. Um. Then you know their feedback comes back in like later that day, right? Can answer that day, or you could just wait till the next day. That's the hard part. I was like, oh, I have two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm gonna go home now. Yeah, that's that's a great plan. I'm gonna another note taken on what I should change. At least start it once a day. Try try it one time, right? I'm too- that's what I was going to ask, right. which, I, which I usually don't do, but I, I feel like you've got some good ones. It's asked in all of them, and that's actually kind of why I want to ask it, because yeah. we have so many similar interests and whatnot. So in these final three questions, they, they, they do mix up often, and okay. sometimes they come from uh, how the conversation's gone. And what, what I, we try to shy away from sometimes is asking what your favorite book is, because if you listen to any podcast, that's usually one of the final questions. However, you've dropped so many nugget bombs, golden nuggets, and we have so many similar interests. I'm sincerely curious. If you, I asked what the, one of the first things you do as far as a coach, what is one book you would suggest, whether that's going to make you better business, make you better life, make you better whatever, what is one book you would suggest anybody starts with right now? Hmm. Books are interesting. Um, I actually gift books a lot too, actually. That's I have a, a book idea, guys, after this. But, nice. Um, and one book to start with. Probably the book you gifted us then, huh? Well, no. I would say, I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's a good one. Um, Which is cool to hear from somebody who's, obviously you do have real estate experience, I, but that's yeah, not your not, main thing. Yeah, that's more like a value thing, though. Exactly. So like, exactly. I, I read that in, in uh, college once, but, um, man, I, it's hard to pick one. I mean, losing my virginity would would have been a good one. Inspirational, Richard Branson. I've never heard that answer. It's good. Yeah, I, I didn't see it coming, but that's the one I that's the one I keep circle. I circle back to it twice just now. I read that I think in college or or shortly after, and um, basically like the way he talks about starting a brand, starting a bunch of different companies, and the biggest thing that he did does all the time and has has forever is. Um, 
he always like hedged his bets. So it's like, there's actually, he covered his downside. There's actually no downside. Like he started an airplane company with nowhere. He didn't own any airplanes or he started, you know, whatever. And then he, the marketing from, from him is like, is genius. So like, yeah, is it like world renowned, you know, nonfiction? Probably not. But is it like inspirational? Yep. Is it, can you learn a ton from it? For sure. I love, I mean, uh, he's someone to follow if you're one of these. If you want to know an island. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like the dude did it. Like he bought an island. He didn't even have money to buy an island. He had no money. And now he rents that thing out. It's crazy. How it's it's crazy. Is. So it's like the the way he leveraged value and gained attention and gaining attention, right? It's like, how can you gain attention? He tried to start a Virgin Cola brand, failed, but he drove a tank through Times Square. It's awesome. He flew you know, hot air balloons around the world, literally all the way around the world, you know, to gain attention for whatever brand he was trying to start. So that's the one I can, you know, it's just kind of a classic, uh, 10 year old classic probably. And I don't know if he got rid of alcohol, but there's a part in the story where he went out partying with some buddies and had such a bad hangover. He basically called off alcohol. I don't know if it was forever, but for a very extended period of time. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah. Um, sure. You know, that first time we had a chance to sit down, we had a coffee. Uh, I, I, I got to sworn, I hadn't even started the podcast yet. I was like, oh, I think, I could have sworn I brought this up to you, having you in. But I could tell that that day I felt like I was like, oh, I had to rush out that day. But I was like, I could keep talking for the next five hours. So I'm glad we got a chance to get you in here. And um, yeah, this, this is great. great. Yeah, I appreciate great. it, guys. Thanks yeah. so much. Do you want anybody to reach out to you? And if so, how can people find uh, you? Yeah, sure. My uh, Instagram handle would be Alex R. Harrington or Alex Harrington and LinkedIn would be great. Awesome, man. Yeah, well, thank you. Appreciate you. it. Guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Cool.